Hey guys, welcome to This Is My Story, the podcast and YouTube show. Today I'm here with a very, very special friend of mine. Um, I, I This is our second round to do this podcast. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Thank you. That's, that's a true friend. Uh, we had some technical difficulties uh, yesterday, but uh, thanks for tuning in. We are actually, uh, Emily and I are on the tour on the road this summer, 2021, and our first event is at the Nautique Masters Water Ski and Wakeboard event. Uh, Nate and I are at, both in a booth. Nate is the president of a nonprofit organization called In His Wakes that we, uh, this is my story, are partners with. So before I introduce Nate and allow him to share his story with you guys, I just want to welcome you to our community. We are building a community of people who love stories and want to see the work of the Lord, of Jesus Christ, in our lives. It's the greatest, uh, the most powerful part of who we are is our testimony of God. Um, people will argue with us about our faith, but uh, no one can argue about the work that God has done, the impact on our lives. And I know, I know Nate is going to be sharing the impact that God has had on his life and his personal relationship with Christ. And so thank you for tuning in. If you would like to share this, please do so. Like it or add a comment in below as you hear Nate share his story. Maybe there's a way that you resonate with it, something that connects uh, in a similar fashion to your story. Please connect with us because we want to build a community together. And uh, before we jump in, I want to thank our sponsors, Christian Healthcare Ministries. If you're listening in and you don't have healthcare coverage, Christian Healthcare Ministries is the first and longest healthcare cost-sharing ministry. And uh, my wife and I have been a part of it for 10 years. There's a link below. Check it out. And then our other sponsor is Natural Living. There'll be a link below there. And use the code MYSTORYMATTERS to get 15% off. And uh, we're pretty blessed to have two amazing sponsors on this show and uh, who believe in story. And so... Here we go, Nate. Yeah, right on. Nate, um, just to introduce you, I know uh, we have been blessed, Emily and I, beyond words and our friendship with you and, and Ivy. Um, I really do mean it, though. You've been like a, in so many ways, like a, a father, but I don't want to offend you. So No, yeah, not, no offense taken. No, just proud, a, proud to call you my son. <laughs> as long as there's an, an inheritance when we're done here yeah we'll see about that well nate uh i thank you for coming on i'm excited thank to hear you. your story a second time thanks for right you bet for doing this again. hey the good news is the story hasn't changed since yesterday we just added to it you you told me it changed the whole well line. you know some other things may come out well you know i i hadn't heard a lot of your story until yesterday so right. now that i have i think i'll ask a couple different questions but yeah. you know start out with uh i do know that you grew up in a christian home I do know that you had a, a faith at a young age, but there, the, what I learned yesterday, we're going to share today is that you went on a journey to make that faith your own. Right. And I, I really do believe that, I know I connect with that. I think a lot of people connect with, at some point, uh, we come to a place where, with God, where we say, I, I want to make that relationship with you my own. Right. So would you mind sharing that journey with us today, that part of your story? Yeah. And you're exactly right. It's it's at a point where I think I was like a lot of young people who do accept Christ at an early age. Uh, it comes maybe out of a sense of fear of going to hell, right? So um, you were afraid young? Oh, just to go to, go to hell. hell. Oh, man, yeah, man. That's when my hand shot up and, you know, uh, I was like, yeah, I don't want to go there. It was more about that than it was the relationship with Jesus Christ that came much later like you said, when it becomes your own, yeah. when when you finally uh, take that on and personalize it and and it shifts from that fear yeah. 
to I a love the, relationship. I, I think this is the problem. It's so many churches, people feel they go there and they want to know God and they feel like they leave shamed, fearful, yes. you know, guilt-ridden. Yes. And it's a problem with, I, I have found it's a problem with a lot of people who have grown up in the church who maybe come from a faith-based family all their lives, and especially those of us who grew up with dads or family members who have been pastors and you you know it's just kind of like you're relying on them you're riding their coattails yeah but um that that shift when it becomes personal sometimes can take quite a while for you to realize man all this time i've been riding on their coattails i've been uh first of all the decision came out of fear but you're just kind of relying on their faith and then when you become independent which is why so many fall away from christ i they say, uh, what is it, 85% of the young people who uh, then go off to college? Yeah. It's high. Yeah. And yeah, they, I, don't, they don't go to church on their own once they leave their home. Yes. The ones that were going prior to. And I, there's probably a myriad of reasons why right. and their stories That's that right. play a part in that. So walk us through your journey um, from fear, you know, kind of moving, establishing your own relationship. How did the Lord lead and guide you in that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was so blessed to have grown up in a very stable family where there wasn't the abuses and yeah. and the single families and multi like is such a a reality for so many people today and um, it it took me a while to realize how blessed I was but um, to grow up like that in a home like that was you know in the long term was just amazing yeah and um but it comes with its own challenges as well you know but i'll take those challenges all day long as opposed to growing up in an abusive family or or perhaps without family at all no parents absolutely yeah Yeah. so um again my dad was uh, a pastor times uh school administrator at other times and but lived this life of a secure family feeling very secure feeling safe and a very adventurous family where we got to do a lot, man. I mean, uh, my dad one year said, hey, I think we're going to go live in the Bahamas for a year or so. And wow. so away we went, lived in the Bahamas, you know. That's crazy. Yeah, and and uh, so just one adventure after another like that. And, um, I again, I'm so blessed to have that. Um, I was sheltered from a lot of realities that other kids uh, go through. And, uh, but... The flip side of that is um, it took me quite a while for me to internalize and personalize my true relationship with Christ. But what it did bring, being raised like that in a stable family, that when I did get married and we did have kids, um, I I was providing a stable and loving uh, family for for my family. Yeah. And so that was... That was awesome. That was just, even though the spiritual part was there, but it wasn't like it needed to be. Yeah. So, you know, do you remember a defining time when, when you went from, I followed, I chose to follow God out of fear versus the calling to really follow him on your own, a desire? Like, what was it about Christ and the story of God that drew you in beyond the fear and, and started that more intimate relationship with you? What was, was that a series of, of events or was that a person or that led you in that direction? 
Yeah, it, it definitely was over a period of time, and, and there were steps to it. Uh, there definitely were steps that I was taking towards that, even though I may, I may not have realized it. Yeah. And it, it comes in different stages in your life. Like, for one is when, of course, I graduated from high school, and, and you know, that's step one, and, and it, it didn't go well. When I got married, it was like, you know, we were going to church, doing the Christianese things to yeah. uh, do just enough to not maybe feel quite as guilty and to please my parents when they ask, hey, man, where are you guys going to church down there in California? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, so yeah, just yeah, checking yeah. off your religious boxes. Yes, yes, absolutely. But still just trying to say, hey, I don't really want God to be in my life. It just just a part of it, make sure I could check the boxes. Yep. And so what was it about the story of Christ and and the Lord that drew you in. I mean, because because no one can manufacture a love for God and a relationship. The Holy Spirit draws us all, and that's the story that I'm curious about in you. That what was it about Jesus Himself that took you away from the fear and and made you desire to follow Him? Yeah. So, um, again, that was over. A series of things. One, surrendering to finally the calling he had on my life that I knew since high school, but was running from it. Uh, and um, coming to the end of myself. And coming to my, the end of myself was going into ministry full time within his wakes. Yeah. When you would think, when most people are thinking, man, that's when you hit the pinnacle, buddy. You're, you're doing full-time ministry. You're on the lake, working with kids and traveling the country, dude. And it get better than that. And, and uh, actually, you're right, but you're not. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the best and worst of, of, of spiritual walking with the Lord is, is being in full-time ministry, but the best is also being in full-time ministry. And you know, from the outside looking in, it's how could there ever be a worse? But the spiritual warfare that goes on yes. uh, on your family, on your personal relationship with the Lord, it stresses it, it strains it. And, um, you know, before we dive into that, what what is a characteristic about, about Christ that freed you? You know, you talk about it was your calling. I'm interested to know, like, for me, it might be, you know, it was the unconditional love that I, I felt like I didn't have. Exactly what I was going to say. Okay, go ahead. So, no, with yours, with your... Yeah. Yeah. That's my story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm not. I forgot who was interviewing. This you. is your story. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, explain that to me. What was that like? Because I really do believe. You know, people want to know God, but they don't know. They haven't felt the love. They haven't been drawn by that. And so, I'm just curious for you. What was it like when you when you finally felt that, knew that, and believed it? Yeah. And the, and the love obviously had always been there. Yeah. But it was like I was blocking it out of out of fear, of full full surrender. I was doing things like. I was involved in leading youth groups and, and being part of the church. It, it was, and, I, and I wanted to, but a part of it was coming out of performance. I, mm. I wanted to always be doing something, doing more, doing more. But a good chunk of it was definitely out of performance, you know, as I look back now. Yeah. And uh, so that, that's big. To, that's really big for you to say that. Imagine back then trying to say it. No. Uh-uh. No. You'd feel like you'd shock everybody. I was being a good Christian. Yeah. Yeah. But, but how blinded, you know, and I was that way too. I, I relate to that as well. I think a lot of people relate to that when it comes to the relationship with God. Because honestly, on the outside looking in, everyone already has that relationship with God, you think. Right. That, that you also appear to have. But on the inside, until you really feel the love of God, until you really 
connect with the Lord intimately one-on-one, um, you actually feel like you're an imposter. Yeah. And you have to come to the point where you understand that his love is not, and we hear it and we know it, but his love is not based on performance. It's not based on how many times did we go to church this month? You know, how, how many times did we open the Bible, which is important, and that's how you grow, obviously, you know, but there's so many uh, works types of mentalities that get mixed in there that um, we, it takes, sometimes it takes some event to get you to the full understanding that no matter how pathetic we are or how much good, yeah, how much good, good we do, uh, his love for us is still the same and he's for us, not against us. And we have, and I know you'll probably touch on this later, but uh, the power of the Holy Spirit within us and how much we don't use it. Like, okay, man, you got the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is inside you. Um, so what are you doing with it? Yeah. Yeah. That, that just sounds like the craziest thing in the world. Right. You know, me and you are Christians, and, and most of the people listening might be, but the power of the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And Same spirit. It's according to God's word. Right. And so let's let's discuss a little bit about uh, In His Wakes, which uh, we're currently starting the tour with you guys. And yeah, there's, there's, buddy. There's three tours. You guys wide are, open. You guys are going to be wide open. Emily and I are going to be in an RV. And then yep. Dean and his wife, Bernice, um, covering almost 40-something states out of the whole yep. U.S. Uh, there will be probably a couple thousand kids this summer that will yep. get in a boat. Nautique sponsoring this. The Thank you, Nautique. Huge yes. shout out to them. Yep. So we take our boats. We show up at the events. And these kids come from foster care homes. They come from Teen Challenge um, style ministries, state-run facilities, and they are broken. Um, describe, yes. describe for everyone listening what the ministry in his wakes is is doing. Who who are these types of kids? What are they bringing in to these events? And in, in terms of their story, yes. What what are we what are we looking at? I know you've seen everything under the sun. Maybe give us an example. Yeah, it's uh, you do you see just about when. I mean, this happened when I was in education. You thought you see the worst of the worst situation and where kids coming from, and then there's something to top it. And we're seeing that same thing with uh, the groups we're working with. And this includes adults as well, Yeah, you know, and their stories and what's happened to them in the past. But we're, we're working with the, the target group of what Dennis Wakes was built on starting in 2003. Were those kids the, maybe the hardest of the hardest yeah. that have come from the worst of the worst situations that don't, have not had anybody love on them? You know, do not understand even what true love is about. And so they come to one of our events not knowing us, afraid of water. Big time trust issues. Oh, you know, a lot of the out of the young people and the adults are not white Americans. They're, you know, black, uh, Hispanic. Yes. um, And and they're there's big trust issues even just with our race. And um, yeah, talk talk a little bit more about that. The event definitely builds the trust over a rapid pace. I mean, a matter of yes. hours. Yes, and a lot of people are like, hey, you know, really, what can you do six hours on the water really to change your lives? And I was like, it's not up to me, and I don't put a time frame on what God can do in a day, and we've seen him do amazing things. And so one of my favorite stories to stress that point is a gang group out of Chicago. Now, this outreach we partnered with, their goal is to get kids out of those gangs 
and uh, they show up an hour out of Chicago to the site. A lot of them had never seen a cornfield before. A lot of them had not been out of their nine-block radius turf area. So swimming, totally out of the realm of imagination. Cornfield, all this. Uh, or getting, getting in a boat, you know. Get in the boat. I so I ha- I greeted this one young man, and he was 17 years old, and he put his hand in my face. He says, "I'm good," and walks away from me. And of course, that just puts a target on you when you when I said, "Dude, that's like, dude, yeah. you're mine." By the end of the day, we're best buds, right? Yeah. And yeah. couldn't get him in a life vest. No way. Getting in the boat. No way. But he. You know, we worked on, we showed him we were sincere. He didn't know me. He's had so many situations in his life that built distrust. And um, I, we did get him in the boat. That guy, he totally changed. He, he got out of the water after the first time being on that tube, smiling, screaming. Yeah. With And he takes his life vest off, which you're not supposed to do. But he did. He's like, dude, I've been shot. 13 times and he pointed all out all 13 bullet wow. holes he's wow. missing half of his ear and he's like this is the most amazing thing i've ever done well so from that point on number one he had to trust me so far everything i've told him has been real his safety was in my hands yeah because he was so far out of the scope of his realm yeah comfort level uh, oh home. so yeah, yeah community that kid he skied by the end of the day. He rode a kneeboard. He tubed. And uh, I remember at the end of the day, his pants were up. He's up front of the group at the end sharing how he got off the dock and had victory. And he couldn't talk to me enough after that, you know. Yeah. And best friends. Best friends. And he yeah. went back. And I was told by the leaders that he changed and he began to impact other people in that same program, other young people in yeah. that program. And so I just love sharing that story because it's a prime example of what can happen. Yeah. Well, the mission statement on the side of the RV that you guys had for a couple of years we drove around said that, you know, impacting young people with the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Yes. And when you come into uh, the, the event, you, you get to meet the volunteers, which in his wakes has the most amazing volunteers across That's the right. country. That's right. Um, ready, fully equipped to love uh, these young people, um, un, you know, unconditionally. And uh, it's it's so fascinating to see the power of God's love come through the people that then transcends the fears that these young people have. That's right. And I'll tell you one story. Last year, it was two years ago in Nashville, Tennessee, partnering with Mercy Ministry. Yes. Who you guys. An adult group. Recovery group. Yeah. Older girls, all girls. Um, so many crazy stories at that oh, event. Those oh girls. Man. Oh, man. Woo. And, and Mercy Ministries is in three different locations across the country, correct? It's four. California. Okay, yeah. Four. Yep. Yep. California. Louisiana, Nashville, and one other, St. Louis. St. Louis. Yes. Um, all girls were there. Um, human trafficking is a yes. big part of what Mercy Ministries yep. ministers to. It's a faith-based organization. So it was a young girl there. Um, two stories. One quick one. The girl, a few years back, said her mom abandoned her in a boat. Yeah. And the last. I remember that one. She was five years old. She spent a week or so out on the boat. Somebody found her, rescued her, and it was the first time she'd been back in a boat because of the fear. Right. 
of what a boat reminded her of, which was abandonment. Right. I'm not good enough. Nobody wants me. And when she when she spoke about the work of Christ in her life to renew her mind, to yeah. give her trust, yeah. she got back in that boat that day. Yeah. And rode around. She just said it was the kind of the consummation of yeah. God's work. That's that right. It was the picture that God had already taken that those memories, he had healed her, he had freed her from that. But another girl, it was last year or the year before, you know, was sharing at the end of the event like we always do. And she said that she never thought she would be able to look at a man or be close to a man right, and feel comfortable because she had been sexually abused, physically abused. And she said, the greatest testimony I can have is just sitting next to you know, she pointed to me sitting next to Mr. Kevin yeah. in his boat and feel safe. That's right. I know, man. And there, you know what? When they say that, there's not a dry eye in oh, the place, I'm, man. I'm, yeah, yeah, I know. Thing we've got That's why we got sunglasses on. <laughs> so, man, I, I'm just so thankful. It was eight years ago. The Lord connected us. Yes. We partnered up in ministry. And it's it's uh, every year we don't know we're going to do it. But it's the impact, the changed lives that keep bringing Emily and I back. That's right. And all the volunteers. So, um but let's transition back to your story. I okay. know that you have this relationship with Jesus. You yes. are following him. It's your personal deal. It's the unconditional love of God that captured your heart, um, which I know relates to a lot of people. So if you're listening, tap into the unconditional love of God. Get outside of the fear of following Christ for any performance reason. That's right. Because someone told you to. It's your decision. You, you pursue the Lord. You ask God to show you through his spirit, to lead you, guide you. And so I know in ministry... We talked about how it can be difficult. It can tax you. Um, yeah. Why? You know, we touched on this yesterday. What is it about being in ministry that escalates the family dynamics and the problems there? Um, you had mentioned it's just you show up at an event and you're arguing with everybody. You got Kayla and uh, Jake, your son, who, yeah. are, who are like brothers and sisters to me, you know, all of you guys, all four of you arguing in the, in the bus, you yeah. know, and then you got to get out. Tell us about that. And just walk us through why, why I don't understand. Right. Say it's just like, I mean, I do know. I do understand. <laughs> you understand but, more you know, now than else, ever. Like, you know, what do you mean? Are you serious? You guys right. are having problems. So tell us about that. Yeah. I, and it's something that people don't realize because people get out of the motorhome and we put on our happy face and like, voila, here we are. We're just fine. this happy family, man. No issues. Nothing wrong. Yeah, we love Jesus. We're we love Jesus. We're holy rollers, one into the other. Uh, yeah, so the thing of it is, and that I can still remember, is like, you guys have nothing to complain about. We're about to get out and help these kids that have nothing. And you have everything, you know. Yeah. And Which you know now, looking back, you're like, gosh, that's the worst guilt trip yeah, I could probably ever the do. worst thing ever to say. You know, like, you're like, I think I have good intentions here, but right. everything is just escalating. You're pulling it out is. everything to figure out how to put the wheels back on, you know. Yeah, and why am I reacting that way is because I'm burnt out myself. And yeah. I'm telling myself, this is why I'm called to do. i got to keep doing. i got to keep going. i gotta, I got to do this many events. we got to go, 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 do this one because it's, it's God's work. You know, we, when God's work is good, but not when it's done out of your own power. And that's why way we were trying to stay afloat. Ivy and I both doing this really a lot of it, trying to do it on our own power. So 
how how stressed out did you get during that? I mean, what what was your spirit feeling? I mean, just as a man and, and as a as a believer. Well, both of my kids, you know, were starting to, and they were finishing up high school at the time, and and uh, they were going through rough stuff. They were falling yeah. away from the Lord, and um, Ivy was stressed out, and uh, she was actually having some physical issues as well, yeah. which uh, compiled compiled it. Um, my, I was too with my back. Um, and so all this was just going on. And literally after two years, like we cannot keep doing this. Now I was determined to keep going. Ivy was saying something's got to give. I can't keep doing this, you know, and I wasn't that sympathetic to the Holy Spirit oftentimes with our wives. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so, yeah, we're just trying to, to keep pushing forward. And every year it got more and more difficult. And things got worse every year. And uh, just to the point where your, your marriage is struggling, your attitude, I guess. What, what would you describe it? Was, I mean, personally, were you feeling distant from the Lord? And, and Yeah, totally. I was totally, I would spend less and less time with, with the Lord. You know, and um, just but just trying to keep it became so performance based. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. And as a funny thing is, the Lord still uses it. Right. He does. I mean, so many lives are changed, but it's not the way he wanted it done. No, no. You know, you know so it's almost like it's second second chapter of your story. Yes. You know, early days you were doing it to perform. The Lord yep. really gripped your heart and yep. showed you how to have a relationship. But then you got older, you know, yes. you got wiser, but, but the enemy knows, Finally. he knows how to sneak in and yep. you leave it. You give him a foot door, a foothold through a door. And, uh, he knows the weaknesses and he exposed it through the family, the stress of traveling, being in ministry. And, um, you, you felt the distance from God. And I can't help but think you show up to all these events and all of our great volunteers who love us, you know, have no idea. Yeah. That's right. They, they they just think that you are fine and that you, they look to you and so do I, you know. They look to us as great leaders and right. And yet on the, on one hand I, it wasn't the case, you know. Yeah. God's still working, but he's hurting. Yeah. And no one knew that. And I can't help but think that's taking place in everyone's life. That's right. To some degree. Oh yeah. What we're talking about here now is important to all of us to wake up and to stop putting on the mask. Yeah. It's it's like you know, you don't want to go around with a massive T-shirt that just says, I'm a ball of mess. You know, <laughs> no one's going to talk to you. But no. you, you to have a core friend, to have a counselor, to have a pastor, someone um, that you can be honest with. Because otherwise, it's just it's just like going to church and everybody assuming that everybody's fine. And meanwhile, we're, we're hurting. Yes. You know? And um, so I do appreciate that you share that. I, I hope that it ministers to people because... This is the kind of thing that helps to sort of snap out of the reality. It's like, well, I don't want to keep going on like this. Yeah. I don't want to keep pretending. The th- And it's funny. When you step out, like we were doing originally, moving into full-time ministry, that's when the, I mean, that's when the attacks would like wide open. And so, it was, like you said, the devil knows how to, what to do. I mean, he, he went after our kids. Yeah. He went after the health of our parents. So not only was our kids kind of falling away and relationships were tough there. Um, you know, I lose a dad. Yeah. 
And then not much longer, I lose my mom. And then Ivy loses her mom and then her dad. It was just this bombardment. Boom, boom, boom. You know, one after another, he'll hit you in the finances, wherever yeah. finances of the ministry, personal finances. Uh, the bombardment was unbelievable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's the testimony that of God's faithfulness during those yeah. times that you're enduring it. You you're, truly are a man that is an enduring man where you have an endurance you know running a long race that you've been yeah. uh, called to but you're committed to now i knew i know there's a transition for you which is important because many people listening to this aren't on the other side of their trial right where they're waiting and waiting and right waiting for what what's next what's going to give you know because you just had that year and a half of so many loss of your family, the stress of ministry, the feeling of having to be isolated, I think, too, is even more weight, and more pressure. But God was faithful, and he used a series of things with your wife to introduce to you guys um, a refreshment with the Lord, kind yeah, that's of a right. newness. So walk us through that. what was that like, and I know Ivy had a big part in that, but just talk to us about the goodness of the Lord during that time. Yeah, and, and that was exactly it. So there's a lot of long road time traveling. And, you know, I I don't give up the steering wheel very often, even though Ivy is very capable of driving yeah. that motor well, with the boat. Well, it's a 62-foot rig. It is, not yeah, a, with not a the little boat truck. and everything. And yeah. she's more than happy to do it and everything. I just don't give it up much. So she has a lot of ride time. And uh, someone in Florida had turned her on to, a friend of hers had turned her on to, uh, a couple of speakers and and, yeah. and pastors like on podcast yeah okay. yeah doing podcasts you know YouTube's and things and um, she started listening to these particular people and it, so much of it was based on renewing your mind living in the power of the Holy Spirit what that looks like right yeah. and it, it being being a Christian for so many years, you know, I'm not kidding you. All of a sudden there were some things that I was like, man, I never thought about it that way. Wow. I never looked at it that way. Wow. You're kidding me. And we, it was like really refreshing because, you know, I was not refreshed in the word for quite a while, Yeah, you know? Um, and it was so refreshing and she would spend hours listening and just having this information downloaded, downloaded, downloaded. And then she would walk up, sit in the chair next to me and, and as we're driving and, and then, and then she would start uh, preaching. No, not preaching, yeah. but sharing. And then we'd listen to some of it. And I was, you know, I'm a little skeptical, cautious kind of person when it comes to that kind of thing. And, uh, I would, man, I started coming around. I was kind of watching her and I'm seeing the difference in her and the boldness. Yeah. And she's starting to operate totally different. She's boldly praying for people, praying for the healing, praying for, uh, you know, not just salvations too, but uh, praying for restorations in yeah. different situations. Having big faith. Really? Yes. Like if you were having an issue, I remember when the Lord was doing this with her, it was, she yeah. just was so ready, oh, willing man. to pray. Oh yeah. If you had, if you were sad, if you, you had a financial <laughs> problem, you know, your something hurt on your body, and Emily can testify. She That's just right. had it a couple of days ago. Her knee yeah. was hurting, and Ivy was praying for her. And uh, you know, I get it. For some, they may not, they may not believe in the power of healing. And uh, I'm like you. I'm skeptical. I grew up Southern Baptist. Yeah. My yeah. wife is assembly of God. I tell. I just told Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. I, I'm going there for. Uh, uh, masters in biblical counseling, you know, they're, 
what's your relationship, you know, denominationally, you and your wife? I said, we're right. spiritual mutts. <laughs> that's right. That's, you know, that's so true, man. She's a purebred assembly of God. I'm a yeah. purebred uh, uh, Southern Baptist. But, you know, I got to watch Emily just the similar way you saw uh, Ivy live out her faith. And, and that testimony of Emily's life uh, grew my ability to believe bigger as well. And uh, I think we have a great balance, you know. That's um, right. You pray for healing, some people die. You pray for healing, some people get healed. And um, either way, God is God, and he never shifts or changes. But uh, we can believe that he can do all things yeah. and not question that ability for him to be able to do it. Um, whether or not it happens doesn't change his goodness either. No. No. So that's my, my mini sermon. There you go. Um, yeah, so you guys began to grow, um, which really freed you as well from some of the anxieties, the stresses in the family. Yep. Um, encouraged you guys, I guess. Right. And, and then, you know, then too, after my surgery and walking the driveway up and down there in Florida, it's told very clearly that, um, you know, it's time to move back. We can be pretty much anywhere for six months. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I just felt a strong push to move back to our where we moved from in Oregon. And, and uh, you know, that's when my dad passed away. We were there s- six months before he did, which was fantastic. Blessing, you know, yeah. you see that. It was a huge blessing. And... Um, yeah, and that was, and then my daughter, I'll, I'll tell you, someone who really had an impact on our lives and to further this understanding of the power of the Holy Spirit and renewing our minds, um, I kind of in an underhanded way got my daughter into YWAM. Yeah. Because I was, and I hadn't really heard that much about it, even though they're, you know, pretty large organization, but I'm just watching this ad about this YWAM group on the sailing boat going around ministering and i'm like that's the tropics that's got my daughter written all over and then i found out they had a snowboard track in the at the base of montana uh the ywam base there so i and she's not following the lord at all and uh and i told her i was like hey this this ywam group you can minister snowboarding now i knew she really didn't have an interest in ministering yes but to act like she's doing something good but and she yeah. had a real interest in snowboarding you're like i just want to put you near people so yeah that I can that's right life. dude that she bit <laughs> i set the hook god set the hook she went and with us then getting connected with ywam going there and visiting seeing the transformation unbelievable in her life wow and having and staying a little bit at that base every now and then uh, and getting plugged into that group was one of the number one things that was life-changing for us. And to have someone from that group during their one session come up to me and not knowing me at all, but came up, put their hands on me and said, he gave me a word from the Lord that really only the Lord could know I had going on in my head. Wow. And he spoke this specific thing to me, and that was a huge step in changing how we operated, how we looked at things. Well, it was the beginning of the change, I should say. One of the beginnings of the changes That's uh, in our life. Yeah, yeah. not a lot of people get a sign from God. You know, you see, people say, well, I heard from God. God spoke to me. And right. I was in high school, man, when this one time happened to me. Yeah. When, when I was taking a young man home, I was my senior year. I was also part-time youth pastoring 
for my dad's church, and I would take a couple younger guys home, and, and one night I was driving this guy home, and uh, he was just like, you know, I just don't believe in God because, you know, it's like if God exists, you know, he could show me a sign, like he could make a bird fly right in front of us right now. Right then, <laughs> it's 9 o'clock at night, dark, a bird flies right in front of our windshield. That's we almost awesome. crash into it. Yeah. I look over, I said, you believe now? <laughs> I love it. You know, truth is, no, he didn't. It, it, people don't want the sign as much as they want a reason to disprove God so they can go live their own life. That's right. That's right. But when God's spirit gets a hold of us, you know, we... We want to know the Lord. We, we've lived a long enough life to know, hey, this, this doesn't have anything to offer me. That's except right. Except pain That's and right. hurt and shame and yeah. uh, a lot of other stress. And so now I want to know. I need help. Yeah. It's funny how we hang on to what we know is not going to satisfy, but we just hang on to it because we're afraid to yeah. fully commit. Yeah. And so wrapping up your story a little bit, is there anything else you'd just love to share to, to those listening in some way that maybe your story relates and you could encourage them? Yeah, and, and, you know, I, I'll tell you the number one thing that as I look back, it was so obvious, all these stages in my life and the different things I did, as I told you yesterday, kind of running away from the calling I know he had on my life, but I wanted my own way, wanted to do my own thing, and, I, you know, I did the business thing, fire science stuff. I did all this thing when I knew he was calling me into education. Yeah. And seeing how I use that, but then I had this passion for water skiing and wakeboarding, which also I let take a toll on my family, you know. And but he wanted to use that too. And so this passion for kids, water sports, and for Jesus Christ. And what what happens is through a series of events, voila, here I am running. Yeah. A ministry. Fifteen years later. Yeah. Still still, still going. Because it fit me. There I could not hand write a better yeah. uh, mission for me to do. You know, a better calling. And when you're talking about kids, well, talking about Jesus Christ, talking about kids and adults who need loving on them and whatnot. And you're talking about water sports. Uh, and traveling. I love traveling motorhomes, boats and all that. Yeah. I mean, who gets to do that? It's all it's a package. It is, and that's why I felt guilty for being burnt out in the first couple yeah. of years because, like, who gets burnt out doing this? Yeah, because it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Just wrapping up your story, is there anything else that you'd love to just leave us with that you'd love to share? You know, the number one thing, and like I told you from the beginning, I kind of ran from that calling in my life. And yeah. The number one thing the Lord wants, obviously, is our heart. And he wants to use our passions that he's put in us yeah. uh, for his glory. And, I mean, when you finally surrender to that and understand it, you know, don't be afraid that he's going to take those things away from you. Yeah. Uh, he wants to use those. And once you come to that realization, it's it's such an amazing yeah. Uh, transition. Yeah, in the way that you're using your gifts, but you're not using them in a performance-based manner. Yeah, that's right. It could be your job. It may end up being your gifts and your calling lineup for a you know a, a profession, a right. job. But it also might just be that you have a different kind of job. Maybe you're not even employed. You're a young person or you're a wife that's at home. But you have passions. I That's think what right. you're saying is like, no matter where you are, don't let your job redefine your ability to exercise your gifts and passions. No matter what, just pursue them. 
with the Lord. That's right, man. He's, and, and we, you know, we think about our passions. The Lord gives us them, and then we give them back, and he ministers his story through our lives to, to minister to other people. Yeah. So I love that. So as we close up, where can people get in touch with Ennis Wakes? How can they get involved? Let us know. Yeah, EnisWakes.com. My info is on there. We'd love to have you reach out, connect. Maybe you'd like to come and participate or uh, volunteer at an event. Again, we always say, man, it doesn't matter how good you water ski or wakeboard. That's not what it, the primary focus is on. It's uh, just a desire and a heart to love on people and share Christ with them. That's that's where the need is for volunteers. Great. And all across the country, 40-plus states, if you're thinking about hosting one of these events and ministering to a group home in your city, reach out to Nate as well and get involved to find out how you and your group of friends or your church could host uh, one of these Day to Remember events. I promise you it will impact your life as well and change the kids' lives or the adults' lives that are a part of that group home that you're working with. And so inniswakes.com or you can email Nate directly at nate at inniswakes.com and uh, get involved. That, that'll that be in, um, in the link in the description below. So Nate, we love you, man. I'm, I'm excited for this summer. Yeah, we just right appreciate on. you. Thanks for coming on to share your story with us. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for what you do and thank you so much for every year packing up and hitting the road and our partnership. Somehow you, you know, twist my arm every know. year. Uh, it's the Lord doing the twisting, man. I'm just cheering him on. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, you guys, be blessed. Check out thisismystory.org. A new site is launching. The podcast can be there. Be sure to like and subscribe this. Give us a review. Share it with your friends and get it out there in the YouTube world. And uh, remember, your story matters more than you know. 